In case of emergency, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. We Name is Hades, Lord of the Dead. Hi, how you doing? We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy. What do you say? Come on. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Welcome, Ohana, to the Disney Guys Uncensored. This is episode 44, recorded on January 20th, 2020. We are your hosts, Drew and Bob. And on tonight's episode, we welcome our favorite travel agent, Jordana Izzo from Travelmation. To help answer some questions about booking and planning a Walt Disney World vacation. So come, journey with us, whether it's your first time visiting or your 50th. We will guide you through this exciting, complicated, and time-consuming process known as booking a Walt Disney World vacation. And let's not waste any time and head on over to the main topic of the week. The question that Disney guys get asked most often, believe it or not, is what is Walt Disney World? Well, that's an impossibly hard question to answer. So we've broken it down to the basics, and we think you're going to enjoy over the next hour or two our input on how to book a trip and, to be honest, answering the question, what is Walt Disney World? So let's give you a quick rundown. Walt Disney World is an entertainment complex in Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista, Florida, near the cities Orlando and Kissimmee. Opened October 1st, 1971, the resort is owned and operated by Disney Parks Experiences and Products, a division of the Walt Disney Company. The property covers nearly 39 square miles, which is twice the size of Manhattan, and believe it or not, only half of that has been developed to this day. The resort destination consists of four theme parks consisting of Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Disney's Hollywood Studios, and Disney's Animal Kingdom. It also features two world-class water parks in Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, 27 themed resort hotels, nine non-Disney-owned properties, several golf courses, a wonderful camping resort, and other entertainment venues, including the outdoor shopping center Disney Springs. Walt Disney World is the most visited vacation resort in the world, with an average annual attendance of more than 52 million. The resort is the flagship destination of Disney's worldwide corporate enterprise and has become a popular staple in American culture, having been featured on several television program specials. So with that, Drew, how do we book a trip to Walt Disney World? Yes, Bob, booking a trip is an overwhelming and complicated process. And we are here tonight to kind of simplify it for you to the best way we can. And by doing that, we wanted to break things down into milestones. And like Bob just alluded to, the first milestone would be is booking a trip. So the first thing that you need to do is, of course, pick a date, pick a time of the year. And I always like looking at it 
as, you know, the easiest way is you got to look at your schedule, see what works for you and your family or, or whoever you're traveling with. And I like to bring it down by season, right? So, you know, spring, summer, fall, winter, and then you can kind of start going from there. But let's ask our, our, our guest of honor here, Jordana, who we have on tonight. Jordana, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. We are happy and excited to have you here. What, um, so how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm very excited to be on the show. Great. So when you when you get a client, right, that you're going to go and you're going to book, and I'm sure that's one of your first questions, what are you thinking? So why don't you kind of explain to us a little bit of the logic of even how early can you book? How early should you book? Um, and those 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 first main questions of when should we book it? So I usually advise to book as far in advance as possible. Right now, all the dates for 2020 are out. And usually Disney releases the packages for the next year, the June before. So 2021 dates should be released sometime in June of 2020. Um, we... I usually just recommend that we'll try to get you the best rate. If any promotions come out between now and then, we could always update your reservation. And, um, you know, that definitely will help us narrow down, you know, give you some different options with pricing, where whether, you know, we can look at March or February or September and see what kind of works best with all the options. Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense, right? So, again, there's... The earlier, the better. And, and unfortunately, Disney, everyone has decided it is one of those vacations that you plan months and months, if not a year or so in advance to make sure you get your best possible rates and you get what you really want. So definitely keep that in mind. It is a long process. It's not typically a vacation. It doesn't mean it can't be done, but it's not typically a vacation that you just kind of booked in the next month you're leaving. Um, so there's a lot of other things like that around it. Now, when I think of picking that time frame. Again, there's there's kind of three main categories that I look at to help me decide when I want to go. And those three categories are really weather, crowds, and events. So what kind of events are going on, almost at like a non-ticketed event. Um, so let's start with weather. Uh, it, I mean, beautiful land of Florida, right? You guys aren't – you're not going to get much better as far as the weather goes. There's really not a wrong or right season. Again, it depends on what you're looking for. Uh it does get very hot in the summers, you know, high 90s, very humid. So if you don't want to be sweating the whole time, you might not want to pick the summer. Um, rain, right, Bob? I mean, there's a lot of rain kind of going on there, right? Yeah, so, I mean, I'll be honest. If rain is an issue, you, you kind of want to stay away from August. That averages about 7.3 inches of rain a month. Uh, the driest month, believe it or not, is April uh, about two inches of rain a month, which defeats the purpose of April showers bringing May flowers. <laughs> but you you certainly certainly want to take a look at at a lot of things. Andrew, you're right. I mean, especially in July and August, not only is it wet, but I mean, right there, the average high that time of year is 92 degrees, and that's average. And I mean, Jordana, I know you can speak to it, and Andrew, we, we've all been that time of year. I mean, man, it gets it gets ball soup warm out there sometimes so kind of hot so, when your underwear uh, sticks to your legs that, correct and if you get that movie reference please feel free to reach <laughs> out to us and we will gladly send you a sticker uh but to me i i don't know there's a bad time to go weather wise and, and jordan i know we were speaking offline um you really like that november time frame right after thanksgiving uh, for many reasons but weather wise i mean it's tough to beat that time of year as well mm-hmm 
that's usually the part like I I think of it as the perfect time to go for many reasons but um weather wise you know it it ends up being you know 75 during the day where you're comfortable you know in just like a t-shirt walking around but you're not sweating um so that's kind of that's what my go-to Absolutely. And the other thing with the fall, you guys want to keep in mind, Florida is prone to hurricane season, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Now, you can't and for me, you can't live life afraid of what that's going to happen, right? You can't you can't be afraid that, oh, is it going to rain that day? Is it going to be a hurricane? Um, you know, that's the weather. You have to control that. Nobody can. So, But it is something to keep in mind. So weather is one of the three big factors you want to think about and think about what you want to be wearing. Do you want to be hot and sweaty and do you want to be going to the water parts and in the pool all the time? Um, or would you prefer more of a relaxed climate? You know, where it's to the 60s or 70s and you're more comfortable. Mm-hmm. So definitely – a big consideration. Now, the second one we're talking about is crowds. And unfortunately, it's not as simple as it used to be back in the day, 10, 20, 30 years ago, where there were a lot of less people going and you kind of book your times around that. Disney is a busy place. It's continuous to grow. As Bubba said a little bit earlier in the intro, 52 million people a year are going to this destination. So it's going to be crowded. And you need to just live with that. You need to understand that, that it's going to be. And you can't get frustrated. You can't get angry. Um, there's a lot to do and see. And and that's the beauty of it. No matter how many people are there, you're still going to be able to do, you know, and see what you want to see. Um, but, yeah, I mean, do you guys have really anything you want to add about, about the crowds in, in general? Um, I, I think for me uh, – don't be scared of crowds, uh, like you just said, because sometimes uh, I, I think crowds may mean a better time. Um, sure. I, I think, you know, if you go during certain times of year and you're in uh, Disney Springs and they have live music on the water, I mean, it, there's a lot more going on when the crowds are in. Um, hey, so, I'm down I mean, for a I good think, party. Right. So I, I think the important thing to remember is you can't control those things you can only kind of react to things you can control so know there's going to be crowds know the weather might be spotty might be hot might get some rain i mean so i think the best thing you can do is just uh, kind of take it on the run a little bit and take it all in stride and say there's going to be crowds there that they average a million guests a week so let's just kind of have a good time with it now, 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 Bob, I mean, there are certain – a lot of, like, the major holidays, right, are mm-hmm. busier times. So yeah. the obvious ones, uh, you know, Christmas time, Halloween time. I mean, really from what? After Thanksgiving all the way to, to New Year's is is a time where it will be overcrowded. Uh, what other ones? You got Fourth of July is a busy weekend. Yeah, Fourth of July. So, so Fourth of July, and I know that Jordana has a client and a listener of the show, uh, might be headed down there. Uh Right around the 4th of July. Uh, I will say that I've been there on the 4th of July, and the 4th of July proper is insanely busy, similar to the way New Year's Eve and New Year's Day are. Uh, More so New Year's Eve, but crazy busy. But the week after that, not terrible. Uh, What you've run into, though, Drew, especially in that that December, Thanksgiving to December, um, the week of Thanksgiving is usually a very busy week 
And then probably the week, Jordan, I would say the week and a half or so before Christmas, right through New Year's are really, really busy. But there's a couple weeks in between that are really a great time to go. And, and I know, like I said, and I hate to keep going back to it, but we've, we talked offline a little bit. And, and that time of year from that post-Thanksgiving week to, what do you figure, like the 17th of December, roughly, yeah, are, are pretty open times. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, so great. So don't don't get caught up on trying to find the perfect crowds. Um, it, it, it's 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 hard to judge that nowadays uh, because everyone's trying to do what you do and they're trying to do one that's least crowded. The third big um, decision maker or, or or what goes into your decision is what we call non-ticketed events. So what this is is it's pretty much Disney is hosting some type of event. Um, that they're sponsoring or they're, they're opening up their facilities or they're, they're hosting some sort of thing. And some of these examples are Disney is really big into marathon running. So this is something that people come around the world to participate in and compete in. I mean, last weekend they had their big marathon weekend, uh, but they also have marathon weekends throughout the year. So it's not tied to one weekend at all, but that draws a lot of people. It's You see sometimes it's difficult to get the hotel or resort that you're looking for. Uh, they have chair competitions, which I believe are going on right now. Um, so, Bob, they also have something going on this weekend pretty big. What do they have going on this weekend? Yeah, so since the NFL decided to move – the Pro Bowl, which is the equivalent of the NFL All-Star Game from Honolulu, they've moved it to Orlando. And the Wide World of Sports Complex on property hosts the skills competition and hosts kind of the Pro Bowlers. Uh, not the game. The game is played down the street at Camping World Stadium. But the skills challenges and there's some meet and greets and stuff. So right now that is going on this weekend. That is the weekend between the conference title games and the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl normally falls that first weekend in February. So figure every you know last weekend of January or so is going to have that skills challenge NFL Pro Bowl thing. They did sign, if I remember correctly, I think an eight-year deal to keep it in Orlando. So it's something to think about. And I don't know that necessarily it's going to drive a ton of crowds, but it's an, it's something alternative to do and something that you're not going to do every time you go. So something worth checking out, I think. And, and Andrew, just so you know, you, you can go right to the ESPN uh, Worldwide uh, Wide World of Sports website uh, for any information on all these events that happen throughout the year. I know there's some peewee football championships that go on they have mm-hmm. baseball tournaments and soccer tournaments so um that's what we got to look out for and, and the chair competitions are all the time uh there, there are several big chair competitions uh throughout the year but but Absolutely. really you do want to go to uh the espn wide world of sports website and, and like we said the schedule and all the information is there uh, if they're charging admission that day or for whatever they're doing uh, you get all the information right on the website no, and that's that's all valid point. And, and and like we said, especially these types of events, folks, um, we're not gonna be able to know them all. Nobody, no one expects anybody to know them all. Uh, Google is your friend. The internet is your friend. We are fortunate enough to live in a world today where all this information is at our fingertips, and we're helping help. We're helping you to kind of break down and tell you what to look for. So so that's definitely one you want to look for. All right, the next part of milestone one is is your traveling. It's it's how are you getting. What's your journey? And everybody's journey is going to be completely different of how you get to Walt Disney World. And you need to start thinking about that actually right now before you even book your trip, right? So 
it's something you really need to keep in mind. And we broke it down. I'm sure there's other ways we're not thinking of. We kind of broke it down into three categories, right? So there's um, four categories. I'm sorry. You could you could fly there. You could drive. You could actually take a train. Or if there's international overseas travel. So let's start with um, one of the more popular ones because we're up on the northeast coast of a fly-in there. Um, Jordana, from your opinion, would you recommend either booking your airfare first or would you book your Disney vacation first? Because that's a big question that people might not know where to start. So I always recommend booking um, Disney first uh, due to the fact that I do recommend, you know, booking as far in advance as possible. And some airlines might not have their flights out just yet. Um, so I say book Disney first and then let's look at your airlines. Um, and then, you know, if we can, you know, if you do book airfare and it does usually, if you try to book as far as in advance with that as well, you can get a cheaper rate with that. But like I said, some, some lines like Southwest and stuff, they don't have all those dates for 2020 out yet. No, and that, that's a valid point. Um. But, yeah, I mean, there, there's no wrong answer in that. But uh, Jordan brings up some good points, and you, you kind of pigeonhole yourself if you start waiting too long to wait for the airfares. Um, you got to really find what, what is for yourself and what works better for you and, and, and how you are going to do it. So, I mean, Bob, you really have anything to add as far as flying there or getting there that way? Uh, no, I think you guys covered it. Um, I mean, we, we fly from a fairly regional airport, so it's very easy for us. Correct. I know some people are apprehensive about flying, so I think we'll give you a couple other options coming up. Um, I would just, you know, say just know that Disney is expensive and flights are expensive, but know this is a, a I don't say a once-in-a-lifetime trip, but there's a very good chance, you know. I mean, Jordan is absolutely right. You can almost mold your vacation around when you can get flights as long as there's room availability and, and the way the inventory runs, Disney's gonna make sure you have a room somewhere, whether it's you gotta change resorts, whatever it is, to uh to accommodate the flights. I mean, so definitely book the Disney trip first, in my opinion, from my experience. And then, you know, when you can when you see a deal you like on the airlines, though, be sure to grab it. That's the one piece of advice I'll give you. Correct. Is and and you can't you can't check it every day and say, oh man, I paid 120 for this flight round, you know, one 120 one way, but now it's down to 99. You got to know going in what you want to spend, and and mm -hmm. if it goes lower after you bought it, then it, it kind of is what it is. That that's a great point, Bob. You be happy that you you booked it. Be happy you're excited. Don't get caught up in I could have saved mm -hmm. you know 60 dollars. Absolutely, that's a great yeah. point. No, that a lot it's of people nickels on up. the dollar really. So yeah. it's it's not it really is. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, uh, Disney, and we're going to get into this a lot tonight and, and really into next week's episode, but, but Disney does an amazing job if you are flying into Walt Disney World and Orlando Airport. Yeah. Um, they do they they figured it out. They know how to get it done. Um, and it's almost like they, they prefer you to fly into Orlando rather than any other transportation method. They want you to fly. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll get into some of that later. But let's talk about your next option and why maybe your next option isn't maybe as as efficient as uh, flying in. So I'm talking about driving yourself to the park. Um, 
depending on where you live in the country that might or or not in the country that might not be a feasible option right uh, i know for us if we wanted to make that haul it is a nice 19 hour drive but um mm-hmm. even if it's a eight hour drive you know just make sure you plan it out and 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 as we talked about this this kind of topic of the title and even with flying you're going to disney world make it fun find fun ways to interact with your kids or and, and just get everybody excited. This should be a moment that you never forget. And whether it's your first or your 50th, you, I want to remember every memory. And I have memories from different trips. So make sure you cherish those. But mm-hmm. with driving, there's going to be some some headaches here. So so once you you, you you travel, you get all your mapped out, you, you, you're there, you're pulling in, you see the big arches, you're excited, you're driving into your resort. There are some issues, or not issues, there's, there's, some, there's some more nickel and diamond as bob says um that is correct the resort if you're staying on property they they charge you to park unfortunately per night i think they instituted this maybe last year um or year before no within the last two years it's been though i believe yep so if you're officially like uh property wide i know they were doing it at some of the resorts as a pilot program but the last two years it's really kind of uh it's it's been every resort now correct and we're going to get into the different types of hotels in a minute, but they range from anywhere from $15 to $25, um, depending on which resort you stay at. So value resorts are 15 moderates 20 deluxe is 25 And then certain resorts actually offer valet parking, which is $33. So that's per night. So again, just keep in mind, it's not thousands of dollars, but you're talking over a hundred bucks, you know, you know, if you're going to be, be staying there for a few nights, um, and then you still have the the park parking. So if you are going to drive to one of the the four parks, um, it's going to cost you quite another hefty sum of money there. So twenty five dollars for standard parking and fifty dollars for preferred kind of closer parking. But even if you drive to your resort, there's still transportation there, so you wouldn't need to drive to the actual parks. Uh, next- and I think we'll get into it next week too. Where or maybe it's it's later. It's actually in a little bit tonight. Um, you don't necessarily have to rent a car because Disney will transport you from the airport too. So if, if you're on the fence about the car, but a rental car, you don't need to rent either. And I think we'll cover that in a little bit. But I just kind of yeah, wanted point. you guys to understand that you don't have to rent a car down there because you're probably saying, well, you gotta you gotta park anyway, so what's the difference? So just stay tuned, and, and we'll be sure to cover that for you in a few minutes. That's a good point. Um, the next option is by rail or by train, Amtrak. Um, so there are options. There's no options offered by Disney or partnered with Disney as of now, but uh, Virgin Mobile, I'm um, Virgin Mobile, Virgin Company, <laughs> <laughs> same same guy, right? Yeah, same guy, uh, same lunatic. Yeah. He's, also starting, he's also starting a cruise line too. So, oh yeah, Thank you. But um, so there, there's talks and rumors about them connecting a Miami to Orlando connection, mm-hmm. and uh, there's not a lot of info about that yet. So more to come. We'll we'll keep you guys updated. But there are two options: you can take the train or Amtrak into Orlando train station, which is about a two-hour drive to Walt Disney World, or the Kissimmee station, which is about a 90-minute drive. Depending on where you're coming from, they might have different stops. However, just to be clear, once you get to that train station, Disney does not provide any transportation to your resort or their property. So you are responsible for getting a taxi, an Uber, whatever it is 
that you would need. And I was looking today, Bob. Do you know how much it costs for like a round trip ticket for like from New York City to Orlando? Um, it's, it's no, but I will venture that it's very expensive. It's more than a plane ticket. I'll tell you that. Correct. It's more than Correct. a plane ticket, and it takes 22 hours. Oh. Yes. Yikes. So it's that's because of all the stops and stuff. So it's it's not. I, I guess some people can't fly for whatever reason, but it, it that's an option. And then, like we said, overseas travel, international weather, where you're coming from in the world. Uh, unfortunately, we we live in the United States, so we don't have experience from unfortunately that. Unfortunately, we live there. But unfortunately, to explain this topic, we uh, we certainly uh, and, uh, and, don't and, have much information. And but. not that it's anything different, but there might be hiccups that that you know international travelers have to overcome. Uh, customs and various, yeah. yeah. Passport that issues granted. that we probably wouldn't know about, right? So yeah. So all I say is, if we have any listeners out there that you know um, that do this or have done this regularly, you want to reach out to us, you know, um, we'd be happy to share your story and and, and uh, mm-hmm. go from there. So certainly. Uh, the next one, there's a lot of helpful planning tools out there that can help make you help guide you to making the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna get into how the Disney guys on Censor can help you at the end of the episode. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But there's a like I said, the internet is your friend. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there. There's even YouTube videos to get your kids excited. I know when my kids were younger, we actually showed them a lot of the rides to make sure they'd be comfortable and, and get them prepared for that. Um, there's my favorite Disney book that's published by Disney. They issue one every year with updates, and this has everything from ticket prices to strategies to fast passes to resort information, dining experiences, you name it, it's in there, and it's called the Burn Bomb Book. B-I-R-N-B-A-U-M book. And you can find that pretty much Amazon, Barnes & Noble, anywhere you want. And that costs about what, Bob? I think like 20 bucks nowadays. Yeah, 18, 18 to 20 bucks in that neighborhood. Uh, if Amazon's running a deal, you might be able to grab it a little cheaper. If you have a Barnes & Noble membership, you can use your 30% off coupon on it. Just saying, you know. That's not a bad deal. Um, yeah. And then, of course, there's message boards, Google searches, Facebook, social media groups, all that stuff. And then, um, of course, listen to us, the Disney guys on Censors, because we have mm-hmm. 40, what, six episodes, not counting this one, right, of of amazing information that we could share with you so check us out and we reference a lot of these other episodes upcoming that we can uh, help you with and then lastly (laughs) talk to a travel professional like jordana uh because they're free so why not utilize someone that does this for a living and does it every day um yeah no brainer right jordana right (laughs) Um, yeah, I know for me, I really enjoy the uh, the videos that Disney puts out, the uh, vacation planning videos. They oh, do them directly right. YouTube, or you can go on and get a direct link to it are now, they, too. And, are they still doing that yearly, Bob? Uh, yeah, I mean, they don't – I mean, listen, it, yearly is a stretch, and I, you can't see them using air quotes. Um, I, I know that they kind of do subtle updates to certain things. Uh, you might see concept art for new attractions uh, in it. But, yeah, for the most part, it's a pretty standard – form set up now uh, I, I would honestly would I, i've actually written to disney plus quite a few times to get uh disney resort tv put on there and uh and some of the vacation mm-hmm. videos i've gotten no response back yet but <laughs> i think they're really i think they're missing out on on a real selling point uh, it, it's pretty much free advertising for them i, I can't believe that well, somebody in that company hasn't thought of putting that stuff on there yet well i think they i think that either or somebody does listen to our podcast but because i remember back in the roundtable episode when jordana 
asked for a Disney Twitter show. And Correct. I believe there's one coming to Disney Plus now. I know. Where's Chris? my big check? Like, well, that was my It's idea. in the mail, Jordana. Mail. It is in the mail. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, all right. So now the next question. And this is, if not probably the top three questions I would ask, right, Jordana, that you probably get yeah. asked. Yep. Um, picking a place to stay. You know, where do I stay? And I have no idea what, what anything is. So where do I start? Well, the first question you want to ask is, do I stay on property or do I stay off property? And I have a feeling that all three of us are going to agree on this for once and say on property <laughs> is a no brainer. Uh, and people are going to say, well, I'm on a budget. I want to save money. I'm telling you guys right now, you start looking at some of these prices and you, you want, you'll probably save money if you stay on property between transportation and the yeah. ease of everything and time savings. And if you don't stay on property, then you're driving to the parks and you're paying for parking. I'm telling you, Disney does have this misconception, I truly feel, of it's this millions of dollars to go to the park. And I do believe that's a misconception in ways where it's not that much. And I don't want to get into talking about value versus cost because I think everyone will agree that the Disney value is beyond any other vacation you're going to go on. But it's really not as much money as people say it is either, uh, depending on how you do it. So um, we actually talked about all this next info um, on episode 24, where we talked about value resorts. But Walt Disney World is broken down to three subcategories of resorts. There's there's value resorts, moderate resorts, and deluxe resorts. Mm-hmm. Um in the value resorts, we did an entire episode on every value resort. We had a lot of fun. It's actually very informational. Uh, episode 24, like I said. Um, and Bob, why don't, why don't you fill us in a little bit on what a value resort means to a new person or a newcomer and, 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 so, and why they are such an a incentive, incisive reason to stay? So I have to come out of uh, the – I have to say something off my chest here is I did a lot of research this week on trying to sell you people, you listeners, on off-property benefits. <laughs> and, I, and I and Jordana, as a travel agent, I know it's, it's coming from a place for you where you're not necessarily conflicted about it. But, but before we get into the value resort, give me a benefit of staying off-property. Because I didn't find one, and I, I just don't know if you have one. I really do not have one either. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I'm personally, I'm team on property. I will, mm-hmm. you know, I think what you are not paying with in cost, you know, mm-hmm. or like Drew said, you're getting with value, where you yeah. have Disney customer service with the guest services. Mm-hmm cast members are amazing uh it's service you will never get anywhere else so Mm. i think that is worth the extra 20 30 dollars you're you're saving a night so i did take a a very scientific poll at work i talked to one person that i know is a disney vacation club (laughs) member whose parents live down there and he said that'd be the only instance he doesn't stay on property is if he ends up staying with the parents for like a weekend and he just jets over to the park randomly which is an entirely different style of vacation that we're Mm. talking about if you're going directly to go to disney even if you're going to Universal, even if you're going to the Everglades National Park, even if you're going to SeaWorld, stay on Disney property if that's where the bulk of your vacation money is going to be. And I'm going to tell you why. Value resorts right now, 
again, if you get it the right night, the pricing starts at $99 a night. I would challenge you to find an accommodation in that Orlando metropolitan area that is $99 a night that you're going to get the benefits of staying at a Disney hotel. And like Jordana said, it's value, ver- Andrew said it too, value versus cost. Uh, the cost might be a little more, but the value, the, the perceived value of your dollar is going to go significantly further staying at a Disney resort than it's going to be staying at the Quality Inn or the Econo Lodge down the street. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful resorts in, in downtown Orlando. Uh, Universal's got a bunch of, of beautiful resorts, and Margaritaville opened up one down the street that's actually an official uh, partner hotel or good neighbor hotel. Um, but those aren't going to be any cheaper than what you're spending at Disney, and, and sometimes they're more. So um, what what do you get for that? Uh, Andrew, let's be honest. You get the transportation to and from the parks mm-hmm. uh, by motor coach and by Skyliner at uh, Pop Century and Art of Animation, which are two of them. Um, one note about Art of Animation, they are broken down into three groups of suites and standard rooms. The suites do run about $380 a night, starting at unless you got a discounted room rate, which uh, I'm sure Jordana would tell you they have discounted room rates pretty much all year at various times for different things. So um, I will tell you some of the best food courts on property at the value resorts. If you have children, if you have children, or even if you're a picky eater like myself as an adult, uh, some of the best food courts on property, they all have a gift shop. Uh, they've all got really nice pools, and in, in a lot of cases, there's multiple pools because the value resorts are the the biggest uh, quote-unquote hotels on property. Um, there's the playgrounds, there's arcades, and I think what really sets them apart, and, and Jordana and our talking, the, the oversized Disney theming at these resorts is out of this world. It, it's crazy, crazy colorful, and and I know when we took my young, my oldest son by himself, um, we stayed at All Star Sports, and he went nuts for the tennis court with Donald Duck and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. The the goofy and, pool, it's it's out of control. And Jordana was just saying earlier, and Jordana, you know, we were, you were saying that out of all your options, you prefer to stay at some of the value resorts simply because you enjoy them better, right? Yeah, I am team pop century that is one of my favorite good team to be on it is a good team to be on (laughs) um i've done many vacations there i recently just stayed there a couple weeks ago and i i just love it i think it's conveniently located i think the skyliner Mm -hmm. is awesome um the food court the gift shop you you know you really can't go wrong with that one absolutely and let's be honest guys the hippy dippy pool is uh is fantastic (laughs) it is so I will so, say yeah. one more thing. Great for families and hashtag judgment free zone. I know that's uh, <laughs> I know that's a Planet Fitness thing, but you're gonna be there with other families. So if little junior son of a pup has a meltdown at the pool, guess what? Everyone's having a meltdown at the oh, pool. Oh, absolutely. It it there's significant, and I'm not saying that people that stay at the Grand Floridian or the Boardwalk are going to judge you because it is a family vacation first and foremost. But I feel like the value resorts have a certain je ne sais quoi, as it were with uh with for families and it, it's a great family theme hotel uh setup in, in my opinion it is um, again I, absolutely agree. so and i do like the one bus stop that's actually something you should we should mention is there is only one bus stop 
we won't get into it. We've talked about transportation on episode four, yep. I believe. Um, so, and we talked about it on episode twenty-four when we talked about the value resorts and their transportation yep. issues and non-issues. But really, the one bus stop convenience to the front of the lobby is a really cool uh, benefit as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Bob. Yeah, and, and like I said, the value. The name is deceiving because a lot of those resorts are better than many other, you know, resorts you'll stay at. Now, the next category is moderate, which is the middle tier, um, and they range a little bit more. But like I'd say starting rate is around $198 a night and up, and uh, they offer pretty much everything that the value resort opens uh, and a little bit more. Right, So each of all the moderate res- resorts have a playground, um, sometimes a jogging trail an arcade, a gift shop, a featured pool. Now, the only thing with the pools is, I'm going to say that it is a bit of a step up. Uh, these pools typically right. all feature... Slides. Yeah, yep. They feature one or two medium-sized slides. I mean, they're pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of them have some type of, like, splash pad or the big bucket of water that falls on the kids. So it's almost like a mini water park at your hotel, which is nice. So it's something to think about. You could probably do a whole day and just kind of relax and rewind and go to the pool twice a day or something and do that now um all the moderates also offer the same type of you know cafeteria or quick service restaurant and a lot of them i'm not going to say all of them um offer some type of sit down table service restaurant so um, there is only one that doesn't it is porter lean's french quarter but the way they get around that is with porter lean's riverside the sister resorts Yep. Uh, they do have uh, you Fort Ridge Dining Hall at Riverside. It's yeah. walkable, horse and buggy ride, mm. boat ride, you name it. Yep. Can... Absolutely, I agree. And then there, there, there's some of these moderate resorts offer some type of convention space, you know, for a small meeting or office work if need be. Um, and then actually a lot of them also offer a water taxi or boat service. Um, or, again, the Disney Skyliner service, So um, as well as the bus transportation. So mm-hmm. they offer a lot more... Um, transportation as well now as far as like the room sizes and stuff i mean they're all similar they might they might have a couple more square footage nothing major it's not like it's a no, game it's good changer. for those strollers though Drew. oh it's absolutely i'll take any extra space i can <laughs> um, so. and the last category here is the deluxe category which is i'm going to say the high-end um stays which range in from starting at kind of like 379 a night uh, there's there's ones that have the lots of villas that feature kitchenettes. Um, you know, it, it's essentially like you said, you could almost as your home away from home, and those start even more 450ish. So you're ta- you're starting to really now bridge the gap between it's a your jump and weight class. It's a jump it, and weight class for sure. And, and, and you definitely see that little bit more of the luxury of of just in general of when you are at these places. They're much more grander and bigger. Yeah. And, um, so, Jordana and Andrew, I know we've talked about it offline, and I, we keep going back to that, but, I, I mean, this really, you don't have to stay at these resorts, and I know I, I, I can't speak for, for Jordana and Andrew myself, but um, the theming at them, there's a certain elegance to some of these resorts, uh, the, the deluxe resorts, and in my opinion, a certain elegance to them and and really uh, a step up in weight class and food though at these restaurants Chris. absolutely and, and the beauty is is 
anybody's welcome to these restaurants, right? So you don't have to mm-hmm. worry about just, well, like, I'll never be able to eat there and I really want to. But uh, some of the other features and amenities that they do offer is uh, a lot of transportation options. So, again, the same thing with the with the motor coach buses, uh, the, some water taxi services, and the famous monorail, right? So there mm-hmm. is another convenience of people think Disney, they think the monorail. So that is another option that uh, only the Lutz Resorts offer. Their rooms, again, are a little bit bigger, more spacious. They have concierge services. Um, they have, again, like Bob said, some signature dining restaurants, even some character mm-hmm. dining restaurants, in-room service for food. So a lot mm-hmm. of those food options. Um, and some of them even have watercraft rentals, um, health clubs associated with them. And, again, same thing with the convention space in. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of them even have the valet parking, which we talked about a little bit earlier. So it's definitely one of those dream things. But if you are on any type of budget, unfortunately, I would say don't even really look at the lots because you, you are probably almost doubling your vacation costs versus one of the mm-hmm. other two. So, I mean, Jordana, do you see that a lot, too? I mean, it, it's probably almost a double in your, your trip. It is. And um, this is, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes you can get a really good deal and you're, you're not paying as much, but you could also get a really good deal on one of the moderates or one of the values. Um, so it's kind of, you know, definitely what you're comfortable with paying and kind of what theming you want to stay with. Absolutely. Um, and then a few other things about the resorts I want to mention. So almost all the resorts offered what they call preferred rooms. And when I say preferred mm-hmm. rooms, there's a lot of different options even under that. So it, you are paying a little bit more. And these resorts are massive. So if you pay a little bit more, it guarantees you a spot closer to, let's say, the pool or the or the food courts or the main lobby. Uh, it's just closer rather than yeah, way in the back. Beachfront at some of them. I mean, it's yep. waterfront, theme park views. And we could go on and on. Correct. And, and that's the other part, Bob, right? So when you say preferred rooms, there's location-wise, so it's a convenience thing. Mm-hmm. But there's also preferred rooms for, I don't want to say luxury, but really for, for views, like you said, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I know you could pay a view for a pool view or a, a yep. garden view. Or you get into the deluxe, you can pay views so you can see the castles and you can see the shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's there's really just more options and options on top of options. However, one thing I did want to talk about is location of the property you choose. So as we said earlier, Walt Disney World property is massive, 39 square miles. So it's it's a huge place. And you really need to look at a big map and you can kind of see where your hotel is located on the property. Some of them are located next to Magic Kingdom. Some are located way off next to Animal Kingdom. Some are located in a centralized area right in the heart. Some are located or connected to the downtown Disney Springs where you have a lot of nightlife and restaurants and shopping. It goes back to what do you want out of your vacation and what are you looking to get, right? So if you're somebody that leaves your hotel in the morning, goes to the park, and then you're just going back to the hotel and you're done for the day, I'm going to say it doesn't really matter location-wise where you stay. If you are somebody that wants to go back and forth between parts and you park hopping and you're jumping around. You do want to kind of stay somewhere centralized because like, like Bob, right. If you're staying over at animal kingdom lodge and you're going Mm -hmm. to magic kingdom back to your hotel down to Disney Springs, and then you want to go to, you know, Epcot at night to see harmonious, you're going to, you're probably wasting, 
you're probably wasting two hours of transportation, right? Probably. Easily, yeah. Easily. So, and, and then the last part would be, yeah, maybe you want to stay at like a Saratoga Springs, which is walking distance to Disney Springs. So mm-hmm. that way you go to the parks during the day, you come back, you relax, you mellow, you shower. And then at you know, 7 o'clock at night, you can go walk over to Disney Springs and stay to 2 a.m. And, and, you know, and have some fun. So location on the property is also important based on what you want to do. So, again, decide on which category of resort fits your budget and then mm-hmm. start looking at the different hotels and resorts that, that have fallen there. See which ones you like for theming. And then, again, pull up a map of Walt Disney World property and look at where they're located uh, on the property. All right. So before we go any further with this, I'm going to shock the world here. Put you guys on the spot because I'm interested. Yeah. Jordana, we know you love Pop Century. You're, you're team Pop Century. Yeah. If you are picking a resort right now, you and you and the husband and, and the little guy are going down. Where are you guys going? Budget, no option. Budget one no resort option. you're going to. That changes it because uh, I think I talked mm-hmm. about this pre-show, but one of my dream resorts, I want to stay at the Polynesian. Um, mm-hmm. I just love the theming. I love, you know, that, you know, you can wake up and go get a Dole Whip or, you know, just go to Ohana's. And I mm-hmm. love that location that it's on mm-hmm. the monorail. So I think that's going to be one of my dream resorts. That would be my go-to. Excellent. So everything we We've all said about budgetary concerns mm-hmm. aside, she's staying at one of the most expensive resorts on property, probably in the waterside mm-hmm. bungalow for twelve hundred oh, yeah. bucks a night. I'm just saying. I'm Absolutely. just saying. <laughs> well, <laughs> Drew, what about you? Budget. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's it, right. from that point of view, yeah, the Polynesian's amazing. Um, they have is it for everyone that doesn't know, it's definitely that tiki-ish type theme, Hawaiian-ish. Um, and yeah, I mean, they have some really cool nighttime lounges, like like she said, the Ohana restaurant's phenomenal. The pool's amazing. Trader Joe's, Trader Sam. Yeah, so all of that stuff's amazing. Like I said, I, I've always been very big into the centralized location because for some reason I like that. If you stay, if you look at a map, Epcot and Hollywood Studios is kind of in the central with Magic Kingdom way up north and Animal Kingdom way out west and then Disney Springs way out east. That That's kind of the way you would look at it. So centralized is a good thing. Um, and I typically do stay a little more central like the Caribbean Beach or French Quarters isn't really that central, but kind of. So I've always looked at those things. A Polynesian would be my, my go-to, but uh, but what about you? Yeah, I, I'd either go Boardwalk or Yacht Beach Club. Uh, walking distance to two theme parks, Epcot and and the studios, and, and you got the nightlife there. I, that's right. It's, it's one of those dream things, I would say, there. One of those two there, either Yacht and Beach or, or, or Boardwalk. Absolutely. Good answers. Um. So, yeah, resorts, if we have any more questions on that, reach out to us. We'll be happy to help, but we'd be here all day talking about them. Um, mm-hmm. And, again, the value resorts, we do have an episode out there titled Episode 24 that tells you every single thing you need to know about value resorts, and we'll be doing the other ones at some point in the future, so keep an eye out. The next part is tickets, and there's a lot of info here, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to go through it fast because uh, there, there's not a ton to really talk about. It's more of stating some factual information. Uh, mm-hmm. So, first thing again, how many days do you want? And remember, it's not necessarily how many days are you going to Walt Disney World. It's how many park days do you want. Um, 
and we'll get into the options, right? So the prices range anywhere from $109 for one day up to $470 for a 10-day ticket. So remember, the more days you go, the more money you save. And those vary based on the season of the year and the time you're going and a lot of other stuff. There's now options that you can add to your base ticket. So again, if you pick the five-day ticket and it costs you $300 whatever dollars or $400, you then can add these options. The first option is a park hopper and what the park hopper does is it allows you to go to any park multiple times in a day so when you buy your your baseline ticket it's telling you you can go to any park one time a day it's really a day ticket is the way to look at it you can go into one park you can leave and go back into that same park but you cannot go into another park the park hopper allows you to go to three different parts in one day for the price of one ticket. And what that does is it costs you a little bit of money to add on. So for, for a one day, it's $60. If you're going to go two or three days, it's $70. And if you're going for four to 10 days, it's a one-time cost of $80 to your ticket. So again, if you get that $470 ticket for 10 days, it's going to just cost you $80 more, making it $550. For 10 days at Disney World with a park hopper. Now, if you want the park hopper plus, um, add $20 to that those prices. So $80, $90, and $100. And what the plus does is the plus adds a little bit of extra. So now you have access to the two water parts, which are amazing water parts. Mm-hmm. Um, World class. It has access to mini golf, which actually the mini golf is located outside of the water parts. So um, gives you access, access to those. Gives you access to the NBA experience, which, correct, it does cost money to go if you don't have uh, the Park Hopper Plus. And the NBA experience is, for those that don't know, it's located in Disney Springs. It replaced our beloved Disney Quest, rest in peace. And it's just a, it's an all-basketball-themed, interactive, almost like a museum gift shop hall of fame i guess is the best way i could say it um and the last rolled into one (laughs) yeah that's it a lot of basketballs there and then a lot of basketballs the the plus uh also includes disney's oat trail golf course it's a nine hole golf course and you actually get a free round of golf there which is pretty cool and uh actually they actually have a registered foot golf there as well so cool thing the next option for ticketing is um, actually, you know, really quick, guys. I mean, what's what's your take on on the Park Hopper and Park Hopper Plus? Jordana, go ahead. You're our guest of honor tonight. What, what do you think? First timers, um, unless you're, you know, doing, uh, I, I always recommend the base ticket just because you want to try to do just one park at a time. Um, and, you know, make sure you're experiencing everything that park has to offer without, you know, jumping around from park to park. If you're more of like a seasoned guest and you don't, you know, you don't mind going, you know how to use the transportation and stuff like that, the park hopper might be for you. Um, and then the park hopper plus, obviously, if you're going in those summer months and, you know, maybe you do want to start off with the water park in the morning and then go to, you know, magic kingdom for the fireworks at night. Um, that's definitely a great option. Pretty pup. Yeah. I'm a 
park hopper guy uh i mean the, the plus is a fine option it was a better option it was disney quest and not the nba experience but you know you can't you can't live in the past anymore uh so i'm gonna go park hopper even even for those people and, and i will only say this that when you have to book certain dining reservations we haven't talked about it yet but you, you you talk about booking dining reservations 180 days out um you kind of need a little bit of flexibility. So I like the park hopper for people that are, they, even if they're first timers. And I, I think it's just a difference of opinion um, to give it a shot. I, I mean, if you use it once or twice, you're still, you're still getting your money's worth in my opinion. So. Absolutely. Um, and then I, I, you know, I, and I feel kind of indifferent. Um, it, it depends on, who you're traveling with, you know, someone like me and Bob, or, or you, you guys are, are constantly do 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 debtors. The park hopper is great. To Jordana's point, if you are a family and you kind of just want to do one thing at a time, you don't really need it. Uh, so there's two ways to look at it. The next thing I want to talk about is special events, which is hard ticketed event items. So these are tickets you have to go out and buy to attend like a special party of some sort. Um, we actually did an entire episode on this, so again, I'm going to go over it kind of high level. Uh, episode three, which we have called Festivals, Magic Hours, and Parties, oh my, is um, breaks down <laughs> everything. You know, we were we were still uh, learning how to how to name episodes back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. We certainly were. We certainly uh, So the first part of a ticket event is what they call, uh, it's really before or after hours. So what that means is, is you pretty much pay money to access a, a park before or after the park is physically open to the general public. And there's a few different options. The first one I want to talk about is a water park event that takes over at Typhoon Lagoon. And it's called H2O Glow Nights. And it takes place from May to August, and it's about $65 a person. And it's just kind of a cool night nightlife DJ glow stitch pool party. That's pretty much what it is. Include some food and apps and, and popcorn and things like that. The next ones, what they do are um, early hours at. Well, actually, let me rewind for a second. These promotions try to change based on the season. So right now they have the dates out for January through April, and during those promotions is what they're offering is for Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. So Magic Kingdom has an early hours for Fantasyland only. And that's $129, and it gives you free access to Fantasyland. I'm going to say that most of the rides in Fantasyland are walk-ons. Maybe you'll throw in, like, um, Seven Dwarf Mine Train, maybe have, like, a 15 to 20-minute wait at the most. Um, I actually did part of this once. Um, Magic Kingdom After Hours now is for the same price, $129. This lasts you three hours. And you can um, have full access to the entire park. So a little bit better value. And then Animal Kingdom also does it for $129 after hours after the park closes. And the full park is open. Now there's other ones, like I said, Toy Story Land and Hollywood Studios does a early mornings one. Uh, um, Bob, what else What else are there ones that I'm missing? What's that for, like, the after-hours stuff? Yeah, the earlier after. Uh, I know Toy Story Land does one um, mm-hmm. in the summer. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Epcot, you know, Epcot does, like, the dessert parties sometimes, and I, that was more with Illuminations. So I think it really just does 
Hollywood Studios is going to be tricky going forward with with Galaxy's Edge open, so it'll be interested to see what they do in that next segment of uh, of events. And and certainly, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Halloween and Christmas party. Um, but I mean, r- really, for these hard ticketed events, it's really those after hour events and and the villains, whatever it's spectacular, whatever they call it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, to me, yeah, the, the villains one to me is it looks like the most fun. And, and what you're talking about, Bob, right, is so there, these are three parties. They're, they're, like you said, there's the Villains Party, Halloween's Party, and Christmas Party. And these range anywhere from, like, 120 to $150. They get expensive. Mm-hmm. But the yeah, cool depending part, on the night. Yep. And, yeah, and we're not going to talk about what they do and what they have because we've done that. But but the cool part I like about these are they, they're all three hours long, but they let you – they give you early access to the park. So if the party starts at 7, they let you in the park at 4. So you're pretty much getting six hours of part time for the price of this ticket. So you really don't need to go buy a base ticket on a day you're going to the party, um, which is which I think is a great way to kind of get extra time out of it. Um, and now the last one I want to talk about is special tickets or discounted tickets. There's currently a promotion going on. That's running through September 30th. So if you are going there between now and then, this is a good opportunity. It's called the Four Park Magic Ticket. It's $89 per park. And it gives you one admission to all of the four parks. Now, if you want, you can add on for $40 only um, access to either Typhoon Lagoon or Blizzard's Beach. uh, And it gives you access to the NBA experience. So, it's really not bad. That's sort of ten dollars a day. So now it's ninety nine dollars a day, and you would get all four parts, a water park, and the NBA experience. But you'd have to use that by September thirtieth. As far as discounted tickets go, um, people don't consider the annual pass holder a discounted ticket, but you need to do some research. If you're one that goes to Disney for like twice a year. Um, if you're going on like a 14-day extravaganza to Disney, you want to look at the annual pass holders because it would actually be cheaper to buy that than to go buy your base value tickets. Um, and then two other ones at Florida Residency obviously get some some discounted tickets. And we want to give a little shout-out and thank you to Tim Candy because he let us know in on some inside info as far as the military tickets go. And if you are an active duty member or retired, you have the ability to get some pretty good discounted tickets. A four-day park hopper is only $265. A five-day park hopper is $283. And a six-day park hopper is $301. So six-day park hopper ticket is only $300. That's crazy. Um, And then they all have options to add on the, the park hopper plus if you'd like. The only catcher with these are you do need to go down to Disney property to the Shades of Green office to purchase them and you can't have like a military family member buying for you you need to be present so whoever is using the tickets needs to be there um and then i believe like uh like we were talking earlier if, if you have someone uh, a local office or something you might be able to get them there as well you'd have to check um all right I, we're almost through milestone one <laughs> um Add-on options. So there's a couple add-on options. There is the, you know, Bob, why don't you talk about this one? 
<laughs> oh, the best, the bane of our existence, everybody. Uh, dining plan, real quick overview, because we're going to talk about it in a few minutes um, on the second milestone, which we're not at yet. Um, so you get three options: the quick service plan. It's fifty-five bucks a day um, for adults, twenty-six dollars per day for kids. Uh, the Disney dining plan, which is seventy-eight bucks per day and thirty dollars and fifty cents per day for kids, and then the deluxe plan is one hundred and nineteen dollars for adults and forty-seven fifty for the kids. Um, I would really recommend the free dining plan if you can get it. Um, or if you're really asking me, I would say go with that Disney dining plan where you get the one table service and the quick service and two snacks and a mug. Uh, we'll talk about that in, in a few minutes. Just a quick flyover on that. And if you have real questions about the Disney dining plan, please forward them to Andrew DeFusco. He loves the <laughs> dining plan. It's his favorite add-on option. And uh, we actually did talk about an episode 18. Uh, we did a whole episode that runs two hours on, on dining at Disney, which is pr- pretty comprehensive on, on what these are. But we'll talk about them at a very high level in the next couple of minutes in the next segment. So other than that, for me, Drew, this next one, and I think we, we maybe let Jordana throw, yeah, throw Jordana her, throw her opinion on here. this next piece here. Um, because one is the real deal, uh, hashtag worth it, and one is hashtag not worth it, hashtag scam. So, Jordana, the next two on the list, uh, why don't you take those? All right. So the first one we're going to talk about is the memory maker. And what this is, is all of the pictures uh, that you take while you're on vacation. Um, you know, the people that as soon as you walk in the park that you see the castle and you want to take that iconic picture in front of the castle. Um, you can get unlimited downloads to all the pictures you take, including those iconic pictures, your ride photos, your character meet and greets. Um, these people do amazing jobs taking pictures and you can also get some magic shots, which is a lot of fun. Um, it's $169 advanced purchase. It must be purchased at least uh, three days before arrival. If you purchase it after those three days, it does go up to $199. I mean, uh, this is a no brainer, right. right? I mean, this is, this is, you need to just suck it up and pay that money for your vacation. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Suck it up, America. Get you the picture. Of memories to look it back on. Um, so this was the one that's uh, hashtag worth it. The next one is insurance, <laughs> which I think could be worth it. Um, it's not worth it. It's worth Ooh, it. <laughs> This is, you know, just your travel insurance where if something happens and you can't go on your vacation, you know, it's just making sure you get a full refund. Um, so, I mean, if you're the type of people that are going to make sure nothing happens, uh, not worth it. But <laughs> but I'm the kind of person that, you know, you got to be careful with that stuff. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And uh, believe it or not, we're almost there. So we just spent an hour telling you about how, why, and what you should be doing to book a Walt Disney trip. And now that you just did it, congratulations. We are almost next to start telling you about what you should do next. Once you decided all those features we just talked about, um, it's time to pull the trader. It's that simple. Uh, It's going to require a $200 deposit, which is refundable up to how long, Jordana? 30 days? 30 days before your check-in date. Mm. 
Correct. So that's not bad. So to, George, to what we talked about earlier, it's 200 bucks. I know that's a lot of money to some people, but it is fully refundable. So if you even think you want to go to Disney and it's an amazing deal, just book it. You can get your money back. You can change the date. You can do whatever. Um, so once you did that, the next thing you're going to do is go on your cell phone, Android or Apple or iPhone, whatever you have, and you're going to download the My Disney Experience app. And this is going to be your bread and butter, your baby. You're going to be on this thing almost every day until you come back from Disney World. It's going to help you through everything you need to do, and it's going to help you while you're there. And we'll we'll, we'll talk about it in a second. Um, and that's where you're going to do a lot of your dining reservations and your fast passes and your planning and your shows and, and mobile order and, and everything. We'll, we'll all get to that. And that's a lot of info. I get it. And um, there's a lot to talk about. We did our best to break it down in that way. But we're not done, folks. No, we are not. We have more. And we're going to move over to milestone number two. And Bob's going to tell us a little bit about what is milestone number two. Well, milestone number two is dining, because at 180 days, that's right, folks, (laughs) we are looking at six months. No, check that. Three months. No, six months. That's right. Six months. Six months out, they want to know where you want to have your steak and where you want to have your pizza or your salmon. You want to make that decision six months out and... Jordana, there are several restaurants that you need to be on the phone at the drop of a hat to get those reservations for. Yes. Um, You know, some of the character dining, uh, Cinderella's Mm -hmm. Royal Table, some of those really tough ones, um, you know, that everybody kind of wants to get at some of the new restaurants that are going to be coming out. Mm -hmm. um, These are going to be ones that you you do have to be up at 6 a.m., to kind of book these and make sure you get them. Now, now, I don't have to be up at 6 a.m. because I was smart and I hired Jordana to yeah. do that for me. Correct. So, How did you do that? <laughs> most, most travel agents, and I, 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 all of them that I've ever dealt with or talked to, do kind of help you out as long as you know what you want to do. They'll, they'll do their best. Right. To get you your preferred dining reservations. Um, so similar we'll talk about in a little bit. That's a 180 plus 10. So it's really like 190 days. If you're going longer than the 10-day trip, uh, you will have to call the next day for those last four days of your trip or however long you're staying there. So, God bless um, you if you don't longer than 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so four basic types of dining per se at Disney is table service, which is basically anything that doesn't involve the customer ordering at a counter or having to serve themselves in any way. Um, pretty straightforward. You'd know it as Longhorn or Applebee's or, you know, Chili's or any one of these chain restaurants. Signature dining, which are considered the creme de la creme of Disney dining, um, Lots of expensive dining, some really esoteric food. Um, I think Victoria and Albert's, I know you wouldn't know oh, what geez. that is if you've never been, but really high-end dining. A lot of them will require a jacket or at least a, a button-down shirt and no ripped jeans, no flip-flops, no no shorts. It's, it's going to – or shorts that fall to the knee with – so there will be things on signature dining. And again, um, if you have dining questions, please 
episode 18, we were all over it for two hours. So um, these routinely, uh, for better or worse, are probably the best restaurants on property. And I'm using the term best in air quotes. If you're going as a couple uh, or you're going as, a, I don't want to say all adults, but if it's an adults only trip type thing where if, if the three of us with our, with our spouses went down, maybe we go. If we bring the kids, we're probably not going to the signature dining restaurant. I'm, I'm just spitballing on that one i don't think we would take the kids to victoria and alberts so it's uh, one of those things character dining though flip side would be the one that we would hate the kids to do uh this is usually buffet style or or family style where they serve in bulk at the table um you bring your autograph books cameras the characters come right to the table and for me this is a dirty little secret if you're going to eat you might as well eat a character dining meal because it saves you time in the parks from queuing up to wait to meet certain characters. Uh, the princesses do a lot of character dining. The Fab Five do a lot of character dining. Uh, Winnie the Pooh and, and the Hundred Acre Wood Friends do character dining. So a lot of good options, and it saves you time in the parks, especially it, if your kids are big Donald Duck fans or Mickey Mouse fans or absolutely. princess fans. You uh, you save the time from, from queuing up. I just, and I just wanted to say, for those that are, are unfamiliar with character dining, there's typically, I want to say, what, four or five different characters, um, depending yeah, on which... Yeah, give or which, take, yeah. So, um, for instance, Andrew is correct. At Crystal Palace at Magic Kingdom, it's Winnie the Pooh, it's Eeyore, it's Tigger, and it's Piglet. Yeah, they typically, um, so. they, they typically are themed, right, depending on what it is. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to say, though, if you're not familiar, well, how does it work? I'm going to say 90% of them, the characters will walk around... And they have people, it's their job to make sure the characters come to your table. Correct. So the characters will come to your table, not at the same time. You know, you'll get one, five minutes later, ten minutes later, you'll get another one. And you'll see all four or five characters probably within an hour. Yeah. Sometimes if you get right. lucky, you, you, see, you see them twice. Um, and then some other places they do, like, for example, Cinderella's Royal Table is Cinderella actually doesn't walk around. You actually get to meet her in the beginning and take like a, a photo op with her more than like when you're at your dinner table. So some some places do that, too. I think um, the Evil Queen does it over at the, 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 the storybook. Um, so there's, there's different types of things like that, too. Yep. Yeah, I agree. All valid points. Uh, all, all really good things to talk about. And uh then we're on to quick service slash counter service because we cannot decide what it's actually called. Uh, Disney does refer to it as quick service, which would be uh, good food, competitive prices, uh, fast service, uh, generally cafeteria style or counter service where you would order your food uh, at one station, pick it up, and go seat yourself. So it's all pretty straightforward. I think cafeteria. Uh, stuff like that so really really cool stuff there um guys before we go on any further uh if there's one restaurant uh, you could go to which one one restaurant characters i'll let you go first nope go ahead no nope nope whatever you want what what one restaurant that people have to go to on their trip that's impossible what's your what what's your one recommendation i mean adults only i'm saying california grill um For a family restaurant, I'm saying Chef mm-hmm. Mickey's. Nice. Excellent. So you love the contemporary. You're oh, weirdo. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, go on. Drew, what do you got? Uh, adults, I'm going to say try to head over the Edison over at Disney Springs. Good Character dining I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say two. Go see Cinderella's 
royal table, which is located in Magic Kingdom inside the castle. You'll see all the princesses. Mm-hmm. Or head over to the Polynesian and go to the Ohana, where you can have breakfast with Stitch. And it's amazing food. And the last thing I'm going to say when you're in Magic Kingdom, make sure you go to Sleepy Hollows and get the famous chicken and waffle spicy sandwich. So Andrew gave you three dining locations, and you are golden. Uh, for me, if I'm not going to the bread service at Sana at the Edible Kingdom Lodge, which I've fallen in love with, I will tell you if it's a couple's trip or an adult's trip, I will tell you the boathouse at Disney Springs is fantastic. And uh, for me, uh, families, it's got to be Minnie's Seasonal Dine at Hollywood and Vine at mm-hmm. the Disney Studios. Love that one. Um that that theme kind of rotates based on season, and it's the Fab Five in, in different costumes. So really cool picture, uh, photo ops, uh, Halloween time. The Halloween's best of the costumes best. obviously is is great. Uh, we went at Christmas time. They're dressed up almost like they are in um, the Christmas Carol, the Mickey's Christmas Carol. So really cool, really fun photo ops there too. Um, you're asking, hey guys, this seems very expensive. Food is very expensive at Disney. It's a necessary cost. Um, they do offer the dining plan, uh, three different levels of dining plan, which we talked a little bit about earlier. Uh, real quick, the quick service plan will give you two quick service meals. And now that we know what quick service meals are, self-explanatory, you'll get two snacks and a refillable a 16 to 18 ounce plastic travel mug, uh, which is good for the length of your stay. Uh, like we said, that's 55 bucks for adults, 26 for kids. Uh, the Disney dining plan, you will get one quick service, two snacks, the mug, and one table service restaurant per day. Uh, and, and again, we'll break that down in a second. 78 bucks per day, 30 50 per day for kids. Uh, and then the deluxe plan, which is uh, way too much food, um, three <laughs> table service slash quick service meals a day, two snacks, a mug, and it's $119 uh, per adult, $47.50 for kids. Um, the per day credit thing is 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 kind of a misnomer because um, you really get those front loaded when you check in. You get however long you're staying. You per person that's got the dining plan, you get all the credits up front. So I, I know we've talked about it in the past where if you wanted to go to six sit down meals in one day. Just know that the next five days, you're probably not having a sit-down meal credit available to you because you use them all in day one. Uh, a really quick primer, but again, I'd go back to episode 18. We gave we gave you two rock-solid hours on the dining plan, and I promise me and Andrew did not kill each other recording that episode. <laughs> really, really quick question for Jordana, though. Are you allowed to – let's say I have a family of four going. Can I just get two dining plans, or, or are you capped at it's all or nothing? It's all or nothing. What a scam. Uh, what a scam. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't do it. And what's don't the age it. limit where they would be tied to it? Three, four, five? When, three. When you three. It's three, yeah. So under That's three is hilarious. three. See, I'm, just, I'm not doing it. I'm not going there, bub. All right. Well, just in case you want to make dining <laughs> reservations, you can go to the My Disney Experience app or www.waltdisneyworld.com. And click on the reservations link. That's probably where I'd go if I was going on the internet to the website itself. It seems significantly more reliable, and I feel like there are more options for times when you go on the website as opposed to the app. Uh, what I will tell you is 
Uh, I would call 1407-WDW-DINE. That is 1407-939-3463. Or Andrew's favorite method is calling the restaurants directly. We've all heard the story of Andrew calling up the T-Rex Cafe. For some reason, it's an exceptionally hard reservation to get. It's so odd to me. It really is, though. uh, Andrew directly called the restaurant, and they had some times available. And he said, okay, I'll show up that day. He showed up. And, and he was able to eat. And, uh, you know, there are quite a few restaurants, uh, quite a few, maybe a half dozen to a dozen, that don't accept the dining plan. Uh, I know uh, STK at Disney Springs was the newest one to not accept the dining plan. So They're catching uh, on. For me, yeah, so for me, I will tell you that the dining plan... Uh, despite its cost, because it, it isn't cheap, it, it's probably the most expensive add-on uh, you have, or the most expensive facet of the vacation, um, besides park tickets that you're going to a- encounter. Especially if you're going for five or six days, it's seventy-eight bucks a pop uh, per day. I mean, it's it adds up quickly. Um, it really is a good value when you get the free dining. Uh, promotion, which is, is going on right now, Jordan, or I think they got a book by the first week of February. Is that true? Uh, yes. So, free dining, I, I think the free dining promotion that's going on right now is the kids eat free. Um, mm-hmm. The free dining that was the specific dates, I believe that's over. Um, no! I missed my chance, Jordana. Yeah, no, there was no well, your chance. Your kids can still eat free. I'm just saying. Oh, that's great. They don't eat anything anyway. Yeah, do you so. know Bubba's kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, all right. Then <laughs> you're paying. But um, so, they fair. do, you know, there are still other uh, types mm-hmm. of promotions going on. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so that's real quick. Like we said, I, 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 dining is a necessary thing you're going to eat anyway um i'm not going to rehash the the issue of people and uh, the conversation me and andrew had where you know people want to pay for their vacation one thing disney does do very well is it, it does allow you uh, kind of as a, a an interest-free payment plan on your vacation so the further you book out you know, you can you can kind of pay it uh, interest free uh, to Disney. So I, I do like the idea of paying for the food up front, and it's kind of a comfort thing. But again, there if you join Patreon, we have an uncensored uh, argument uh, that is not pretty. We played parts of it a couple of weeks ago, uh, but reach out to us, we'll play it for you. A couple other things I want to touch on dining real quick before we throw it back to milestone number three is. There is mobile ordering. Uh, we don't want to crush you with that this week, so we, we, we acknowledge it. We know it exists, but just know we will talk about it next week when we're actually in the parks, talking about what you should be doing in the parks. Um, there are uh, the moderates and up, like we said, have a sit-down restaurant. Uh, park restaurants, for me, it's Epcot and Animal Kingdom in terms of top-of-the-line eateries. Epcot, especially World Showcase, is a phenomenal dining uh, a journey as it were and it's truly a journey um for animal kingdom too but epcot is just it, it's such a great place to grab food if in fact you're into that uh, character restaurants guys sprinkled throughout the resort uh, uh, tons of park locations and several resorts also have them and disney springs dining i, I mean where do we even begin with disney springs dining it, it is a foodies 
haven. I mean, they have food trucks and Earl of Sandwich and, like Andrew said, Edison, which is a mind-blowing restaurant. Uh, uh, you, you have the Boathouse, which is routinely considered one of the great restaurants in the Orlando area. STK, Morimoto Asia. I mean, there's... There's so many restaurants for us to talk about, and we did talk about most of them on episode 18. So, uh, really, you have something for every palate, something for every stomach at Disney for food, and and I really you could go there and just eat, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, so, Jordana, real quick for me, I think we've said this before to you, and we've talked about it before, where the deluxe plan is a different type of vacation, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the deluxe plan is more for someone who wants to just experience the food that Disney has to offer. And the reason I say it like that is because there is, they literally give you so much food, you're going to be so full, you're not going to want to ride it. Yeah, bring Um, the stretchy pants. (laughs) Um, It's, it's, It's a lot, but, you know, if that's the type of vacation you want to go on, then that's definitely the option for you. I think I'm more comfortable with that medium Disney dining plan where it's just the Mm -hmm. one table service each day. Um, But, yeah, that is a different type of vacation. All right, then. Well, Drew, that about covers the 180-day excursion which again you're asking yourself why because you do have to book these reservations 180 days in advance so that is why it's milestone two we are headed to milestone three which andrew is 60 days out absolutely 60 days two months we're getting close and welcome to milestone number three and you said well what happens at 60 days i did my dining i did my hotel what else is there to do well folks Day 60 day out is the most stressful day of your entire planning because it's fast pass day, folks. And I think we need to rewind a little bit and say, well, what is a fast pass, right? And I hate to keep plugging it, but episode 12 is going to tell you every single thing you need to know about fast pass, including what we recommend ones that you should book and the ones that you don't have to book. But I'm going to summarize it for you as quick as I can in three minutes. Um, fast pass is a way for for you to essentially go through a ride quicker and you can use this three times a day um, with the potential to use use it more and i'm not going to talk too in depth about that because it, it does get complicated if you don't understand the basics of fast pass uh so what happens on day 60 well you're going to be waking up early, like we should say, in 6 a.m., because at 7 a.m. Eastern time is when you're allowed to go book your first Fast Pass. And everybody out in the world that's going on a vacation the same time as you is doing the same thing. And you do need to kind of plan out your strategies, right? So we talked about earlier park hoppers and things like that. You need to understand a little bit of which parts you're going to which day. So, for example... If I'm going to Animal Kingdom on Wednesday and I have a, a dining reservation in Magic Kingdom on Wednesday and I don't have a park hopper, you need to somehow build all that in. And this whole process of booking a Disney trip is complicated because there's things that overlap and there's things you have to go back and change and other milestones as you go. So there's a couple fast passes that you must get. Um, and you're not going to be able to get them maybe for the day that you want, right? So maybe you need to decide what's most important to you. Is dining most important 
are rides most important? Because sometimes you're going to have to pick one and you might not be able to do both because of the way the way the days line up. Um, and by doing this, you're going to log on to uh, the your Disney website. You can't do it from my Disney Experience app. Uh, I don't think any three of us recommend it. It's, it's kind of difficult to do. And um, it's easier to do it on a computer screen. But, um, I mean, I, I don't want to dig too deep. That's really what you're doing. You're going to be booking three fast passes for every day that you have a park ticket for. And, um, Jordana, is this something that you or other travel agents typically help doing if, if they're that lost? Yeah, this is something that I am more than willing to get up at. I'm up anyway, but I'm more than willing to, you know, help out with, you know, even planning which days we're going to do. We're going to try to get which passes fast passes for. Um, and if we can't get it for that day, you know, I can quickly try to rearrange some things and uh, figure that out, figure out what's best with what what is available out there. Absolutely. And, and and Jordana hit it on the head there. You do want to make sure you're prepared up front and you do want to have a, you know, guide of some sort and an idea of which ride you want. And like I'm going to talk about a little bit later, if you're a patron, we have a lot of that info for you and we can help you get there. But one thing I do want to talk about is something that's called child swap. So if you do have children with you while you're on vacation and you maybe they're not tall enough to go on several rides because they're not going to be if you do have young children like I do or Bubba does or Jordana does. They mm. offer this program called Child Swap and it's not scamming the system, right? Because Disney offers this and I know Bubba and I sometimes we say it or I say it. I don't mean it like you're physically scanning the system. It's more like you're planning fast passes smartly. And what I say by that is let's just use an example in uh, Magic Kingdom, right? Let's say you want to go on Space Mountain and you want to go on um, Splash Mountain. Those two rides, if you have young kids, can't go on it. So if you want to get a fast pass for Space Mountain and you and your, your significant other want to go on that ride, you don't have to get two fast passes for Space Mountain. You get one for Space Mountain and you get one for Splash Mountain. And what you do is when you go to the line, you go to use your fast pass, you say, oh, hey, I have my wife, I have my husband with me. They're holding their children. Now, make sure you go, all four of you or whoever many you are, go to that and say, can I get a rider swap or child swap um, ticket for, the, for this person? And they'll scan your magic band. And now you have a free fast pass for Space Mountain. And then when you go, go to Splash Mountain, it's vice versa. Uh, the other significant other is going to go on it and you're going to do the same concept. So you pretty much just got four fast passes, but you only use two. Uh, so it's definitely a way to utilize the system that's offered to benefit you greatly. Now, remember, that doesn't mean that your kids have more fast passes. So or you could when you go on other rides that you want to use fast passes for your kids. So it gets tricky where you have kids that are in that middle age where they're tall enough for some rides, but not others. Um, it's going to start screwing up your numbers a little bit. It's just something to keep in mind of um, if that made sense. I know I'm kind of explaining it in an odd way, but uh, I know I've used child swap a ton. Bob, you used it a ton. Jordan, I don't know if you have, but um, I mean, you guys both feel the same way about it, correct? Correct. Yeah, I love Rider swap, and again, uh, in the instance that Drew was talking about, 
you do get uh, the fast pass for you know one adult plus a guest. So by definition, the child that would be big enough to ride the rides could conceivably ride the ride twice. Yeah, that's where the that's where you beat the system. That the correct. kid just won the ride twice. So let's say it's not really beating the system, in my opinion. But it depends, right? But so Space Mountain is a good example. If I have a kid that's old enough or tall enough to go Space Mountain, but my youngest is not, right? So my wife stays behind with the youngest. Me and the oldest go. You're right. When my wife goes on the ride, she could then bring my oldest kid again. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I have seen certain cast members say no to that, and it, it really depends on the day sometimes, but they're never going to say no to your wife going on the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not going to turn down like a little six or seven-year-old kid. I, I mean, I, I, I like to think not. Um, but anyways, that's Child Swap. More questions about it, reach out to us. It, it's a very effective system that kind of helps you plan accordingly. And I believe but, we actually spoke about it a little bit in episode 12, which was we the fast well. pass episode we did. We might have spoken about it, not at length, but we, we have mentioned it before. So, Absolutely. Um, and the next thing I want to talk about is, we've talked about this as well, is what fast pass is possibly moving to in the future. And it's called the Virtual Boarding Groups, which is um, a few rides moving towards. And I'm going to let Jordana talk about it very quickly because she actually has recently done it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about which rides uh, has virtual boarding groups and how it operates? So um, this is something that I just experienced last week when I went to Disney. I went for... um, a conference and I went to Hollywood studios and I tried to get a boarding group for uh, rise of the resistance. So what happens is you have to enter the park, you scan your magic band. Once you're in the park, you open the, my Disney experience app, you click. Um, there's usually a pop-up that says join a boarding group. Um, for this instance, it was, you know, the rise of resistance. You join it. They'll give you a boarding group number for me. I think I was boarding group one thirty three. um, at that. So you kind of had to, at my point I had to wait all day. Um, once they called my boarding group, it was probably about four o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you have two hours to get to the standby line. Uh, the cast members then scan your magic band again just to make sure you're in the right boarding group. Um, and then you can get on the ride. Um, so there, this means that there is no advanced fast passes for Rise of the Resistance. Um, Smuggler's Run still doesn't have fast passes, but I don't think they're actually uh, doing the boarding groups anymore. And then Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, um, that one is not going to have fast passes right away either um so i i guess we're assuming that they're going to be doing the virtual boarding group um but you know it eventually once everything kind of dies down i've talked to the cast members they said that they think that the fast pass systems are going to come up with those rides uh they do have fast pass lines so it's just kind of waiting for the um you know the hype to die down a little bit Awesome. Thank you. And yeah, well explained. Like I said, that is something that is keep in mind at Hollywood Studios is really the only place being offered for both Galaxy's Edge rides, the new Star Wars stuff, and then the new Mickey and Minnie um, ride that will be opening in March 4th, I believe. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. That's going to wrap up Milestone 3, 60 days out, and we are getting closer to the big day. But before we get there, we have two more little milestones to cover. 
So milestone four, Jordana, tell us a little bit about 30 days out from your trip. So you're 30 days out from your trip now. So at this point, you need to go on um, the Disney website and pick out your Magic Band selection for you and your family. There are free options. So these are just the basic colored ones. You could pick pink, blue, red, green, orange, gray, purple, and yellow. Um, And then there's also paid options. So you can kind of get like a Magic Band upgrade. Uh, These include, you know, exclusive colors that aren't available um, in the basic ones, as well as fun characters. Um, For example, my husband and I, for our last trip, we picked out a couple. Uh, My husband has the genie and the goofy hat, like the genie that's on vacation. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a sucker for uh, these. I think this was a great deal. I mean, they're only, what, like 10 to $20? Fox, yeah. Now now they're back. This was when they were on sale, but now I think they're back up to like $30. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the one with uh, Walt Disney um, on the Walt Disney World Railroad. Um, so that one's fun. But mm-hmm. if, you, um, if you don't end up, you know, if you forget to pick out your colors or anything, they will most likely just send you basic gray ones or you could pick them in. Even if you forget your magic bands, you could pick up basic gray ones um, at the resort. Um, But I did want to ask, do you guys have any personalized magic bands? Uh, I I don't actually have any. I was supposed to have one, but I'm changing plans and I actually was going to get one of the galaxy's edge ones. Hmm. I mean, I have my, I have my colored ones from my past trips, but nothing that, uh, nothing, uh, nothing nuts. No, I've gone straight uh, free Magic Bands. Yeah. For myself. You know what it is? It's 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 one you can you can buy these a lot of these options in the parks as well. And I just feel like once I'm there, I'm already committed. Right. I, I'm a sucker when they now add this as an add-on feature up front. I'm like, oh, I can get it in the mail before I get there. I don't have like two of them. But I I always found it like. I already have one, and I'm at a park. I don't need to just change my watch band that I'm going to go never wear again, maybe, until next. You know, it, but up front, genius, genius marketing. Right, exactly. Um, and on to the next one. So um, the next topic would be the Magical Express. So this is ensuring that if you are flying into um, – Orlando International that you give Disney all of your uh, flight information so that they can send you the yellow luggage tags. And what these yellow luggage tags do is um, you, you know, the day you're flying in is you, you know, bring your luggage to the airport, you check them in, and then you don't actually see those luggage until they're in your room um, at your resort. So Yes, this is literally the best thing ever. You can skip baggage claim when you're at um, Orlando International, um, and there it's absolutely magic. Um, if you're staying off property, this is your fast pass reservation. So that what we talked about um, in milestone three, where you're picking your fast passes. If you're staying off property, this is the day where you're picking them. Um, Another so this is kind to stay of on. Yes, <laughs> it's another reason to stay on, exactly. Um, and then this is also the point where you want to make all of your special room requests online. So this is, um, I, I believe if you go online, you can pick two uh, 
what you want to do, what your mm-hmm. top requests are. So this would be not what you're paying for, the preferred or the standard, but this would be, you know, I want to stay on a ground level or I want to have something that, um, you know, if you stay at Pop Century, for example, you can say, you know, maybe I want to stay in the 70s decade or the 80s. Um, you can also ask for a crib at this point. Um, those those they want to have in before, I think, by 10 days before your trip, just so they can make sure to try to ex- uh, try to make it as possible for you. Um this is also, uh, we talked about this before, the last chance to buy the memory maker at the discounted rate. Um, so, I mean, you have up until three days before your check-in, but you want to make sure you get it at that $169. Just lock it on now. I agree. That way you don't forget. Exactly. And then at the 30-day mark before check-in, your final payments are due. So you want to make sure to get those in. Otherwise, vacation is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. That's it for Milestone 4. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. I think we were heavy on Milestone 1 because we have been crushing these last (laughs) few milestones here. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, we're on Milestone 5, which in this instance is travel day and night before. Um, Let's go night before first. Uh, You should probably make sure everything you have is packed uh, or, or you're ready to go and, you know, if you're wondering what to pack, I think we've talked about it before, shorts and T-shirts. Uh, you know, Maybe some cooler days require, if you're going in the winter, maybe a light windbreaker or a pair of jeans or something like that. But not, not, not a control. Um, I would always recommend to pack light and, and pack in layers if you need to. But um, also, you, you, you definitely, I cannot stress this enough, want a comfortable broken-in pair of sneakers and or shoes that you are comfortable with. Uh, too many times you see people walking around with brand new nikes and they have blisters for days <laughs> so i would uh, recommend a bathing suit no doubt about it um, a couple of them if only yeah i mean certainly to use the pools uh, they are heated in the winter uh, if you go to the water parks it's definitely a good uh, good thing to remember um strollers gets tricky for me um having two kids we actually have brought our our double stroller with us which we have the vertically well not vertically but uh hard as andrew's got the two wide we got the two long uh set up so uh, if to me though if at all possible i highly recommend a, a sturdier umbrella stroller um it takes up less space it's easier to deal with and if it's only costing you 20 bucks and you know you're you're shipping you know you're you're, you're flying down with it it gets stored in the underbelly of the plane uh, just just know that, that there is potential for damage there, so you don't really want to have your good family stroller uh, on, on the belly of the plane. But again, I've done it a couple of times, and it's worked out, but I would recommend uh, maybe an umbrella stroller, a lightweight stroller. Um, and I, I don't think it can be stated enough to bring a soft-sided cooler of some sort for some snacks. Yes. Uh, Disney won't allow you to bring ice into the park, uh, and it's tricky with ice packs. You'll have to pack the ice packs uh, on the on the um, uh, the checked luggage and not your 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 uh, carry-ons. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, due to you know considerations with the federal re- regulations. So, but certainly a couple ice packs and a soft cooler to bring to the parks isn't an awful idea. 
Uh, well, and, Andrew has say, some colorful. Andrew did some colorful language about why he wanted to bring this <laughs> off cooler, but we're gonna uh, we're gonna. I'm keep not it gonna up. talk about the tools, but I, I just want to say, you know, about the packing in general. And this might sound stupid, and because I'm a I'm a planner by heart and the self of silliness, whatever. But you definitely want to don't don't wait for the week of to start packing. You want to create a list from milestone one because there's stuff along the ways that you want to make sure you include to make your your vacation easy and convenient Mm -hmm. and you'll forget if you wait and i think these milestones try to help you remember those things so start a list put on the refrigerator or whatever yeah suntan lotion uh stuff like that but again a lot of the sundries and stuff drew and i know we've talked about it in the past that you kind of get whacked inside the disney bubble uh for pricing and not that they're gouging but i mean if they if they have you on property without a car what are you gonna do so you're gonna go to the gift shop you're gonna pick up the toothpaste you're gonna pick up the 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 the, the suntan lotions you're gonna pick that stuff up uh and the sundries they do whack you on i mean you're looking at a tube of suntan lotion that costs you uh you know a buck and a half at the local walmart is gonna cost you six dollars at disney gift shop so uh, something to keep in mind yeah i mean so i will say uh we talked about luggage tags a little earlier for the magic express the magical express uh you certainly want to make sure those are uh correctly uh, adhesed to your luggage uh or your luggage will be lost uh just letting you know you want to make sure your magical express ticket and your magic bands uh which again uh, by definition, if you've booked everything appropriately according to our guidelines, you won't necessarily have a quote-unquote Magical Express ticket. You will have a claim check area. You will do that. Uh, but your Magic Band now does technically act as your as your Magic Express ticket. Uh, they do send you the hard copy, still the little packet you get, showing that you do have passage on it in case there's an issue with the Magic Band when you get there. But keep the Magic Bands in the bag because when you inevitably get to the parks, you will be able to just, boom, go right from, right from the Magic Express drop-off at your resort. Um, I think it's always a good thing to... Uh, maybe not the day of, a couple nights before, to confirm all your reservations, confirm your dining reservations, confirm your fat, know that everything you want to do is available, and maybe check for the last-minute cancellations on fast passes or dining reservations if there's something you missed out on at the 180 or the 60-day mark and you've been checking consistently. Uh, you know, the closer you get to your trip the more likely you are that somebody has canceled um you know there used to be a practice where people would go on and book multiple dining reservations at one time disney's done better about cutting back on that where you kind of get flagged on the uh, on the sites and on the app that you cannot book at the same time it's still it's not as prevalent i would say it still happens so just be on the lookout for that um, for me, though, the number one thing that I'm going to tell you tonight that you're not going to do because it's happened to us all is try to get some sleep if you can. But you've made it this far. You've booked your trip. You've booked your dining. Your bags are packed. Send them home, as it were. And I'm going to be honest. You're not going to sleep a wink. But do your best to put your head on your pillow and even get it a couple hours. You're going to be so excited. If you got kids, they're going to be bouncing off the walls, crapping candy because they're going to see Mickey Mouse the next day. But just try your best to relax and, and, and 
soak it in because the next five to eight days of your life are going to be complete hell, but it's going to be the best hell you've ever experienced that, in your life. Touche, Bob. I mean, you couldn't say that any better. It is going to be hell. Hashtag crap and candy. I mean, yeah, you, you got oh, that. That's going to be my new favorite phrase. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I know everybody that is a ton of info. I think we did a fairly decent job at breaking it down and putting some milestones and, and help you. And um, I think we want to thank Jordana th- so much. I, I know you guys have heard uh, us talk about her so much, and now we actually have had her on here. You can kind of see a little bit how she is and how she she can handle these questions and, and the knowledge she knows. So, Jordana, why don't you tell us, uh, you know, again, a little bit who you work for and where people can find you and, and a little bit more about that. Sure. So I work for I work with Travelmation. Uh, we're a Disney authorized vacation planner, uh, which means we have Disney's stamp of approval. Um, I you know work closely with 350 agents. So if I don't know the answer, one of them definitely will. Um, I you can reach me via email. My email is jordanaizzo at travelmation.net. You can also reach me on Facebook. Um, Usually I post from I, I pro, post from my personal one, but also from my group page on um, you know the Ohana page. So you can always find me on there. Um, whatever is easier, and I you know I can help you with any questions you have, with any quotes, um, and we can get you on that magical vacation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, Yeah, no, it's been a blast, but thank you for all the help so far. So I do want to say for all of the patrons out there, whether you are one or not, if you're not, here's an incentive. Um, We are in the process of creating all these milestones into a user-friendly, interactive checklist planning guide. So it's going to be a guide to help you along the way of when and what you need to do with you know time frames and check marks and crossing your T's and dotting your eyes of what you need to do. Uh, so if you're not a Patreon, um, I suggest you go over as little as two dollars a month um, at Patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash the Disney Guys Uncensored, uh, and you're going to be able to get this amazing tool for you to use. So it's going to help you organize your trip from start to finish and you're going to be able to reuse it every single time you book a trip because it's 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 super easy and all your information will be there um so that's available for anybody that is interested um and the last thing i wanted to say was thank you for all of your questions that everyone reached out to us we got a ton a ton of questions there's no way we could have read them all we literally would be here for five hours that's how many questions we've gotten but we did our best to take your questions and kind of incorporate them into our milestones and kind of describe them. Um, if they didn't get answered, don't worry. And everybody, don't worry. This is just part one of part two because we just got to Disney. Part two is going to be talking about on the grounds and how we do that. Um, so make sure you um, stay tuned next week. And before I kind of close up the episode, uh, I just want to say, Bob, do you have anything else you want to add? Good night, Batu. Thanks for listening. Oh, very well. Um, <laughs> and that is going to wrap up this week's episode of Planet of Walt Disney World Vacation. So if you have any feedback for us or comments, and again, if you want us to exaggerate more on some of those things, reach out to us at uh, the Disney Guys Uncensored at gmail.com. 
and uh, head over to Facebook. That's where we do a lot of our communicating as well. We have a business page and we also have our group page. So send an invite. We want you to join the Disney Guys Ohana. We do a lot of talks there, polls, giveaways, contests, you name it. Uh, Patreon, don't forget, head on over and join. Uh, it helps us buy new equipment as well as provide tools like I just talked about for you guys. So definitely something you want to consider. If you listen to us on iTunes or anything like that, it's so simple. Please give us a, a rating um, and some reviews. And the last thing, if you want to be sporting some super cool merchandise with our logos on it, um, head over to the DisneyGuys.RedBubble.com. And we have shirts, stickers, coffee mugs. We got you can get Yetis, you can get Yoda pants, you can get uh, I don't know a hat. What else, Bob? What else would you get? I would get a keychain. Yeah, you could get a keychain. Sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, whatever you want, Jordana. If you want to get some bibs for your little guy, get a get some bibs. Get a onesie. Um, you know, maybe that. I'll maybe I'll get a onesie for myself. But yeah. um, <laughs> we yeah. want to thank everybody for all the positive feedback and amazing feedback, and we hope you enjoyed the show. So thank you for listening to the Disney Guys Uncensored. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place.